0: The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya swami Maharaj on April 24, 1992, in Maturadesh. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, chapter 24, verse 33. Text 33. Paranga Pradhanam Purusanga Mahantam Kalam Kavinga Thirvritam Lokapalam Atmanu Prapancham Swachandha Kapilam Prapadye Paranga Pradhanam Purusanga Mahantam Kalaṅkha-viṁ-tri-vṛtaṅ-loka-pālam palam atmanu bhutyanu gatha Param Transcendental, Transcendental. Pradhanam Supreme. Supreme. Purusham. Purusham. Person. Person. Mahantam. Mahantam. Who, is the Who is the origin of the material world. The material world. Kalam. Who is, time. Who is time. Kovim. 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 Fully cognizant. cognizant. Tri-ritam. Ritam. Three modes of material nature. nature. Lokapalam. Lokapalam? who is the maintainer of all the universes, universes. ātma in Himself, himself. anubhūtya by internal potency, potency. anugatha Anugatha. Anugatha. dissolved, Dissolved. prapancham Prapancham. whose material manifestations, manifestations. Swachandha. Swachandha independently Shaktim, who is powerful, powerful. Kapilam, Kapilam. to Lord Kapila, Kapila. Prabhupada, I surrender. surrender. Translation, Translation. Translation. I surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, descended in the form of Kapila, who is independently powerful and transcendental who is the Supreme Person and the Lord of the sum total of matter and the element of time, who is fully cognizant, maintainer of all the universes under the three modes of material nature, and who absorbs the material manifestations after their dissolution. Translation with Repetition I surrender, unto the I surrender unto the Supreme, personality of Godhead, personality of Godhead. Descended, in the form of descended in the form of Kapila, who is independently powerful, who is independently powerful. and transcendental, and transcendental. Who, is who is the Supreme Person and the Lord and the of the sum total of matter. Of the sum total. And the element of time time, who is the fully cognizant maintainer maintainer of all the universes universes, under the three modes of material nature nature, and and who absorbs the material manifestations after their dissolution. Purport, the six opulences, wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge and renunciation are indicated here by Kardama Muni, who addresses Kapila Muni, his son, as Param. The word param is used in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam in the phrase in the phrase param Satyam to refer to the Samam Bonam or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Param is explained further by the next word Pradhanam, which means the chief, the origin, the source of everything sarva-kāraṇam, sarva-kāraṇā-kāraṇam, the cause of all causes. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is not formless. He is Purusham, or the enjoyer, the original person. He is the time element and is all-cognizant. He knows everything past, present and future. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, quote, I know everything, present, past, and future in every corner of the universe. Unquote. The material world which is moving under the spell of the three modes of material nature is also a manifestation of his energy. <laughs> Everything that we see is an interaction of His energies. Sweta swatara Upanishad, chapter six, verse eight. This is the verse version of the Vishnu Purana. We can understand that whatever we see is an interaction of the three modes of material nature, but actually it is an all in an interaction of the Lord's energy. Loka Palam. He is actually the maintainer of all living entities. Nityo Nityanam. He is the chief of all living entities. He is one. But he maintains many, many living entities. God maintains all other living entities. But no one can maintain God. That is his svachanda-shakti. He is not dependent on others. Someone may call himself independent, but he is still dependent on someone higher. The personality of Godhead, however, is absolute. There is no one higher than or equal to him. Kapila Muni appeared as the son of Kardamamuni. But because Kapila is an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Karamamuni offered respectful obeisances unto Him with full surrender. Another word in this verse is very important. Atmanu Nugata prapancham The Lord descends either as Kapila or Rama, Nrsimha or Baraha and whatever forms he assumes in the material world are all manifestations of his own personal internal energy. They are never forms of the material nature or energy. The ordinary living entities who are manifested in this material world have bodies created by the material energy. But when Krishna or any one of His expansions or parts of the expansions descends on this material world, Although he appears to have a material body, his body is not material. He always has a transcendental body. But fools and rascals who are called mudhas consider him one of them. And therefore they deride him. They refuse to accept Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead because they cannot understand him. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, avajaranti maang Those who are rascals and fools deride me. When God descends in a form, this does not mean that He assumes His form with the help of the material energy. He manifests His spiritual form as He exists in His spiritual kingdom. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta Swami Translation and purport to text thirty-three, chapter twenty-four, canto three of the srimad Bhagavatam, in the matter of the renunciation of Kardama Muni. Om Tat Sat. Translation again: I surrender unto the supreme personality of Godhead, descended in the form of Kapila, who was independently powerful and transcendental, who was the supreme person and who and the Lord of all the sum total of matter and the element of time who is the fully cognizant maintainer of all the universes under the three modes of material nature and who absorbs the material manifestations after their dissolution. So here it seems that the father is offering obeisances to his son. But Kardamamuni Muni knows who his son is. Karama Muni was practicing brahmacharya and doing meditation on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, chanting mantras. And Vishnu revealed himself to Kardama Muni. And Kardama Muni expressed that, before I'll be able to renounce the world, I need to experience the world, there is still some desire in my heart, but I want to realize you, I want to go back to you, so I am very afraid that if I don't act properly in the material world, I'll get entangled, therefore I need a proper wife who will help me in my journey through life to experience what is uh, the material world and also to help me prosecute or pursue my spiritual aspirations. So he was very straightforward and sincere to the Lord. And the Lord blessed him and instructed him that uh, you will get a proper wife in uh, Devahuti. Kardamamuni was a very exalted brahmana, and Devahuti was the uh, daughter of Manu. So she was uh, technically born in a Kshatriya family. But uh, that wasn't a bar. She was highly qualified. Although there was not the same class by birth because of their proper spiritual qualifications, material qualifications, it was recommended even by Lord Vishnu as a proper match. Sukarama Muni later was approached by Swayambhu Manu. Swayambhu Manu Who requested him to accept his daughter in marriage. So he accepted that. And he had made uh, some pact with his wife that I'll stay with you until I give you a son. You'll stay together so many, for so many years, but in the end of my life, and the end after I come give you my son, then I want to renounce. So, Kardama Muni was very unique. He was a yogi. So, in Vedic culture, this is a system. One goes to brahmacharya, then grihasta, bhanapras, then sanyas. So, Karyama Muni was a very powerful yogi, devotee. So, he was very concerned that I'll be entangled in the Grihastha life. So Vishnu said that, I will come as your son. I'll be your son. So in this way, he'll be blessed by having the Lord as his son. For the Lord wanted to appear in the world to give the message of God consciousness. So he inspired his devotee like this to have a to enter into the Grihastha ashram and have a child. So by following this process of Bhakti Yoga, whether one is a Brahmachari or a Grihastha or bana Banaprastha or Sannyas, everyone can achieve a perfection of life. But the goal is expressed in this verse, or the process, as I surrender that we do so acknowledging the supremacy of the Lord, accepting Him as our proprietor, as our protector, as uh, the supreme object of our worship. And this way, one is uh, not entangled in the material world, even though one is living in it. So, now we're at a later stage, just at a, before the renunciation of Kardama Muni. He's already gone through his uh, Grihastha Ashram. He had daughters and got the daughters married. Now he's had uh, Kapila Muni as his son. Now he's offering his uh, obeisances and surrender to Kapila Muni. You know, although Kapila appeared as a a son, that uh, still he knew that uh, the actual position. So Karamamuni, he was in the mood of dasya. In the confidential parts of the Vedas is described that for the devotees they can have relationship with the Lord in five different rasas or mellows. Santa, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya. The Sanskrit words, I'll give the translation, Santa means neutral. Neutral, when one simply appreciates the Lord. Like great rishis, ooh, ah, oh, and Sam, they pray, they, Glories to the Lord, or even you find in other religions, it's hallelujah, hallelujah. They're just like, the Lord is great, they're just appreciating the Lord's greatness. If it just goes that far, just to appreciate the Lord, that He's great, He's wonderful, beautiful, just appreciation, recognition, appreciation. There's a neutral, Relationship. In the spiritual world, the cows, the trees are all living, liberated atmas. So they are in a neutral relationship. They are there, but they are not actively doing service. The next level, which is to actively do service, is called dasya, or servitude. Hanuman was a servitor of Lord Rama. Service means There's some respect. There's some awe and reverence. So the awe and reverence of neutral is there, but there's also service. Hanuman was lifting the Mantara mountain or flying to Sri uh, Sri Lanka to get Sita or fighting with Rama. So many pastimes are there. So that... Service attitude is called dasya. So that includes one respect. Then there's sakya, friendship. Just like Arjuna was a friend of Krishna. Krishna was driving his chariot in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Krishna and Arjuna, they were sometimes sitting together talking... There are friends. But when, so normally there was no awe and reverence. There was just a familiarity, friendship, love. So in the, there's two types of friendship. One is friendship, like a younger brother to an older brother, a little awe, little respect is there. Another is where there's no uh, such uh, formality. It's just a spontaneous friendship. Also you see Krishna and the cowherd boys. Like uh, Subal, Sudam, Sridam. They would uh, play in the forest of Vrindavan together as friends. This is another rasa or relationship with the Lord. Then there's Vatsalya. That's parented parenthood where one has a parental relationship with the Lord. Like Mother Yasoda and Nanda Maharaj, they had a parental relationship. They thought that I had to feed Krishna, otherwise he'll die if I don't feed him. Mother Yasoda would catch Krishna stealing butter like this. So what you're doing if you destroy all the butter, what will there be to eat? Because Krishna would give out the butter to the monkeys. So that uh, where you think the Lord is dependent upon you, the Lord is uh, lesser than you are. That's called Vatsalya or parental. In uh, Chaitanya's past times, when Krishna came as uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as his devotee, so the father of uh, Lord Chaitanya, didn't know that Chaitanya was Krishna. He just thought, this is my son. So I had to protect my son. I had to train him. So sometimes he would scold Lord Chaitanya. You behave properly, do this properly. You spare the rod and spoil the child. From the age of one to five, Vedas uh, advise, different rishis have advised, that children should be really pampered and given all kind of love, whatever they want, you give them. But from uh, 6 to 16, they should be disciplined very strictly. No nonsense. They must follow the parents. And if they don't, then they can be disciplined. At the age of 16, then the children should be treated as uh, friends. And not forced, but after that convinced. that you should do like this, but... Intellectual, more intellectually, not just like force. So, as a parent, and he was thinking, I had to train uh, Chaitanya Mahā, I have to train, train my son Nimai Chaitanya. He was known as Nimai. So he was chastised. One night in his dream, one brahmana came and said, How are you chastising your son? You don't know your son is God? Your son is an avatar, but then, then, uh, then Jagannath Misra was saying that uh, whatever my son may be, it's my son, I had to train him. I had to see to his uh, proper upbringing, but how you can uh, chastise the Lord?" And like this they're having is and then finally Jagannath Misra woke up from his dream and he was very bewildered, what to do. Then he said, "Whatever my son may be, I have to, I have to take care of him." <laughs> so he would completely go back again into this parental mood. He couldn't maintain another vision. So how is this that the devotees, the parents of Krishna, parents of... Uh, Lord Chaitanya, they always see the Lord as a son. This is by Yogamaya. is not ordinary illusion. it's a special spiritual illusion which uh, is created so that they will remain fixed in that particular relationship. Just like when Krishna pulled over the two trees that were the two Arjuna trees which were Nala Kuver and Manigriva, the two sons of Kuver, who had been cursed by Narad to become trees because they had performed illicit sex in the Ganges with the Apsaras in the Swarga Loka, in the Mandukini Ganga. So therefore they were cursed to become trees. But Krishna, but then they got a blessing that you can be trees in Krishna's garden. So Krishna, when he was tied to the stone mortar, he pulled the stone mortar between the two trees and pulled the two trees down. Out from the trees came uh, the sons of Kuver, offered their obeisances to Krishna, circumambulated Krishna, offered their prayers, begged Krishna for forgiveness, that now they realized the purpose of uh, life. They begged him that we can serve you eternally without being uh, deviated again. And they went back to Kuwait. Meanwhile, the huge crash of these gigantic trees falling called uh, caused uh, Nanda Maharaj to come running to see whether Krishna was all right. And he saw that here Krishna is there crawling with a stone mortar tied to him. And the two trees are fallen. And he said, what have you done? Called Mother Yasoda. What have you done with you putting my son in such a dangerous position? What have you done? Is no, I just to keep him out of trouble. I tied him to the mortar. How did he get over here? I don't understand. <laughs> then uh, they asked the other children, "What happened?" So, well, Krishna pulled this, you know, gigantic stone mortar. Was pulling it, it got stuck in the two trees. He pulled the trees down. Then out came the trees. Came these uh, four-handed uh, figures, uh, uh, very effulgent persons with uh, helmets and so many uh, jewels. They circumambulated Krishna, offered prayers to Krishna and flew up in the sky. Nanda Nanda Maharaj heard all this. Are children with such imaginations? Where do you come up with all these things? Why can't anyone tell me what really happened? Anyway, then he untied Krishna and held Krishna to his uh, chest. The, The Lord has protected my son somehow. And Scolded mother Yasoda, can you take care properly of the child? I go out working in the day, and then you let the child go here and there. You don't watch. <laughs> See, even Nanda and Yasoda also had their Vihasta chit chats all over Krishna, of course. So they have—they were fixed. They never thought Krishna is God. Until Krishna lifted up Govardhan Hill, then uh, nobody could escape but see that uh, Krishna had superhuman, supernatural powers. At that time, all the residents of Vrindavan went to Nandamaraj after the Govardhan Leela. And they said, look at all these years, so many things have been happening. We've heard so many things, but you always uh, just uh, avoid it. Now we saw with our own eyes, Krishna lifted up the entire mountain for seven days with his little finger of his left hand. Now you want to tell us that Krishna is just an ordinary boy? We won't believe you. You have to tell us, who is Krishna? We want to know. So then Nandamahar said, well, Gargamuni, our family priest, he told us by his astrological calculation, and actually, Krishna had all the power of Narayana. He has all the power of the Supreme Lord. So in this way, he explained to them and then they felt satisfied. For a moment, he might go out and again... But here we see in this uh, sloka today, Kapila Muni is offering, excuse me, Kardama Muni is offering prayers to Kapila. But he is offering in an awe and reverence. Actually, Kardama, he was not able to enjoy that Vatsalya rasa. He was not able to enjoy the, the fourth rasa of uh, parental relationship. For, uh, for very long, he was more in a mood here of awe and reverence and respect. Maybe for some more time, Devahuti, she was in a motherly mood. But at the end, she also surrendered to Kapila Muni and told him that uh, you have now, my, when her husband took uh, renounced order, the Vedic system is that uh, women should always be protected. Is it different from the Western system where everybody is on their own? Vedic uh, culture is that uh, women are to be respected and to be protected in society. When they're unmarried, the uh, parents protect them, the father, or other guardians. When they're married, and the husband is to protect them, and when they're in the. Uh, when the husband. Is uh, old, he can uh, take a banapra, he can take sannyas, and uh, the older son maintains and protects the, the mother. And this way, whether by father, by husband, or by elder son, then the mother, the lady, is always protected. This is a Vedic culture. So, Kardamamuni, once he gave a son to Devahuti, and the son was grown, then he put the mother, his wife, under the care of Kapila, and he left. The Devahuti, she realized that Kapila was the Lord, so this uh, whole section of Bhagavatam is a very deep, very deep discussion between Uh, Kapila Muni and Devahuti. Devahuti is asking questions and Kapila is giving the answers. So, although Kapila Muni came as a son, but Kada Muni was not uh, bewildered. He knew that he is uh, the lord of all the universes. He is... uh, in charge of the three modes of material nature. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that uh, sambhavami jugei juge that I come from uh, in every yuga. He mentions I come out of Maya, out of my own internal potency. So the Lord is coming not the same way we come. We come in the world because of loss of karma. We are born, we stay some time, we get old, uh, we produce a, well, we produce some offsprings, we go through some changes, we get old, then we die, we take rebirth again. So according to the laws of karma, we are given a different body. Maybe one time we're born in heaven, next time we're born in hell. Sometime we're rich, sometime we're poor, sometime we're brahmana, sometime we're sudra, sometime we're animals, sometime we're human. According to the stringent laws of material nature, we have to take different births. Sometime we're born in a man's body, sometime we're born in a woman's body. In this way we rotate around the universe. So externally we always consider whatever this body we have to be the only reality. Whatever we can see with our senses to be the reality. But human beings have got advanced intelligence that through the eyes of the scripture they can see beyond the immediate gross manifestation. They can see the causes behind the manifestation. Just like for you know, an uneducated person, they may see that, uh, okay, or just say that uh, for a scientist, he'll see things maybe in one way, then what we'll see things. Then, or what another person, another person says, okay, here's a wall, a scientist may think, or no, an engineer may think, this is, uh, such and such plaster, and uh, this is an RCC structure, or a chemist may think, well, this is a gypsum uh, board uh, having a chemical composition of lime and other things, some physicists may consider this are all various uh, states of uh, elements and atomic principle, and you'll see, think of all the quantum particles moving around inside all the atoms in the wall, depending whatever vision... One can have a vision and see one thing and see different things. Someone may see a tree and think this is a nice tree and a botanist may think this is a, you know, he'll know the Latin name and the gender and the whole uh, tree family and everything. So, knowledge gives us a different vision of our reality. So, spiritual knowledge gives us the Actual in-depth vision of what is a reality, Bhagavad Gita, Shrimad Bhagavatam, are given to us so that we can see what is life. If we just see the superficial aspect, that is only one of the levels of vision. It's not the ultimate uh, understanding. You see. For instance, once there was a, a very great king called Suyajna, the king of Usina kingdom. He was a very great warrior. He had become victorious in many battles. He had expanded his kingdom. He was very good to his citizens. There was a proper legal system. He controlled the ministers so they wouldn't steal from the citizens. There would not be undue taxation. He was a very proper monarch in the old system. But uh, he was being attacked by some enemies. And uh, he went into the battlefield and he fought very courageously. But although he was very determined, although he was a very uh, fierce fighter, he was very brave, he still, he was uh, killed in the battle. But he was never a coward at any moment. In fact, uh, when he went, although he was uh, fatally injured, he just bit his uh, lip in determination and fought to the last. And finally the king's body was there on the battlefield dead. So, all the other generals and brave warriors, they came and paid respect to the fallen warrior and they saw his uh, brave features and his determination. When his wife's uh, queens heard that uh, he was uh, killed, they came out on the battlefield and they were crying. The hair was undone. They broke their ornaments, and they were they were just uh, hysterical crying. They say, "How could this happen? How is providence so cruel? What is a what is a how is a fortune so unfair? Here is a brave king. He was ruling his uh, citizens so nicely." How are they going to survive without such a good ruler? How are they going to uh, tolerate the suffering? And we, his queens, how can we live without him? And they are remembering all his good qualities, his kindness to them, his uh, so many good qualities. And they are saying that, uh, how could he leave us like this? We're here all alone. And they surrounded him and the other relatives wanted to take the body to do the, before the sunset to burn the body according to Vedic ritual. But the queen surrounded and they are crying and crying and they won't let anyone go near. So finally the sun is uh, getting close to setting and even Yamaraj could hear the crying of these queens. So then Yamaraj took the form of a young boy. People like to hear spiritual and philosophical things from young children. It's very attractive. Because normally children don't speak such things. They're more normally the more frivolous. So if they speak something very philosophical, it's very uh, enchanting to the elderly people. So he came as a young boy. And then there he saw all the... Uh, Queens are crying and he started to speak out loud. What is this? I thought the older people were more uh, intelligent than this. Now I find that they are just like uh, we children. Very foolish. How is it that uh, these, uh, you know, queens and uh, such intelligent elders are acting so childishly? I'm very surprised. I have seen my mother and father, they also have uh, died. My grandfather has died, great grandfather, all died. Everyone in this world is born, and eventually they're going to have to die. So here, but I see these people are lamenting, like anything, surprised uh, that death has come, but don't they know that uh, everyone has to die? So why are they uh, just uh, making so much of a commotion and not facing the reality? Nature of this world is like that. So then he gave a story. He said, just like there's a story that there was a hunter and he was trying to catch two birds. Cockatoos or something, some kind of bird is there. Forget the name. He was trying to catch a bird, so he would uh, put up uh, nets and and traps in the forest. So there was uh, two birds that were very happy, husband and wife bird with uh, many children. And uh, the wife bird got caught in the trap of the hunter. And she was calling out. And she was... uh, caught like this. So the husband, he was really, uh, the husband bird. He was really frustrated. He said, what happened? How cruel is the uh, loss of uh, nature? Here is my good uh, wife, Now I have so many little baby chicks, baby uh, birds. They don't know how to fly yet. Who take care of them? Now the mother is caught. And she's such a good wife. How can I live without her? What is the use of uh, flying around if I don't have my wife with me? And so he just stayed there by the wife, lamenting and saying all the things. What is the use? She's caught by this hunter. What a horrible thing. Why God is so cruel to have this happen? So while he's lamenting, then the hunter is sneaking. He sees and with his arrow... He shoots the arrow, kills the other bird, kills the husband bird. So both are finished. So Jamaraj is the child, he told all the queens, "So you're all sitting here crying, you're all you're lamenting that your husband is gone, but that person that you've known, you, he is there. The only person you've been able to see your whole life is the body. So body is still there." Same helmet, same face, same arms, same uh, torso, same legs. So you can speak to him while you're all crying. The actual person has gone. That's why you're crying. You never saw the actual person. You're only seeing his uh, his uh, shell. Just like somebody says uh, sees a house, they may say, "Oh, there is the there is the." Prime Minister's house. So they may say, oh, that's Prime Minister. Not the Prime Minister, it's his house. When they see the house, they say like that. So you're seeing this body and you're saying, here's the kingdom. You never saw the actual Atma. Now the Atma has gone on. You can sit here crying till all day and night for the rest of your life. They never bring back the Atma. Atma is gone. So instead of wasting your time in this way... You should take necessary steps to save yourselves, to see what is the dangers in life and to actually take precaution. Now allow the final rites to your husband to be done and you all prepare yourself for the, solve these problems in life. Don't make the same mistake like the bird who was shot by the hunter. Just lamenting won't solve anything. So, in the Vedic culture, actually, lamentation is, uh, of course, everyone will feel sadness at the loss of a near and dear one. But uh, with spiritual knowledge, we know that a person is not dead. person never finishes. it, soul always is living on. So, Vedic culture, even after the deceased, even after the death of a relative, we do srad, we do pinda, we do many ceremonies for that departed soul, knowing the soul is living on. That the body is uh, no longer functioning, but the soul is continuing to live. And this body, in another body, in some other uh, place. So we take uh, precaution to help the soul. Putra and putri, in, in Hindi or, or Sanskrit, are names of the children. Because "pu" means hell, and "tra" means to deliver. So the man who deliver can deliver his parents from hell is called putra, or the, the daughter who can deliver his/her parents from hell is putri. So how we can deliver our parents from hellish condition? If we become properly situated in devotional service, if we are doing yajñas, if we are doing uh, spiritual activities, that benefit will also go to the forefathers, that will go to the children. And after they de- depart, we can also offer various pujas for the welfare of their soul. So in this way, there is a blessing. Of the lord given by having good children so in vedic culture that was the first thing that the parents wanted to train their children to be proper religious children so that after they die the children will do all these spiritual rites nowadays people are not concerned they want to see children get phd ma msc then when the parents die they say what is all this hogwash we don't believe in all these things there's only chemicals there something so then uh, they don't do all those rites because they never saw that whether the children are trained in spiritual life. It's alright to have M.A., Ph.D. and all these things, but there should also be spiritual education side by side. That's the point. The says side by side one should know the material world and should know the spiritual world. So that's why Prabhupada was saying, in India we are just imitating the West, but we have to be very careful to preserve our own culture, and we take the good things from the West and preserve the uh, good things uh, of India. In this way, we can have a perfect uh, situation, but we shouldn't give up the uh, essential features of our own uh, culture, of the Vedic culture. That will be because it's not that the West has got a perfect system. They got good technology. Some good economic uh, formulas. Which are also mentioned in the Vedas as far as economic formulas. It's nothing new. But uh, spiritually they are, they are not, uh, they don't have a vision. They don't know where the world is heading. They don't know what the world uh, situation should be. That's why we're facing so many ecological problems now. They want to have summit because so many imbalances. Because they don't know what is the proper uh, way to uh, lead humanity. Where humanity should, what is the ideal situation. Ecological balance is automatically there in the Vedic culture. Anyway, that's another big topic. So here we're discussing about Kapila Muni, Kardama Muni. So Kardama Muni knew that who Kapila was. He was not an ordinary child. We should know that who we are. We are actually the Atma. We're living in a body. Whether we have, someone has a female body or male body... They have to act externally according to the body they have. Actually, they'll identify with that body. But spiritually, they can see beyond that and see they have a higher identity also. That is, they're the servant of the Lord. So whatever we are, whatever situation we're in, we should use our life for pleasing the Lord. That is a specialty of human life. Animals are eating, humans are eating, animals are sleeping, humans are sleeping, animals are creating babies. Humans are creating babies, animals are fighting, humans are fighting. That way there is not a big difference. Only humans are doing it in a more complex way. In fact, animals, they are more regulated by nature. For instance, uh, a cow or any animal, they have a certain cycle when they feel uh, some desire for sex. Once in a month, a cow feels uh, for two days some sexual agitation. Only at that time will she be calling for the bull. But human beings, uh, they are not so regulated. They are always very lusty. So they have many desires all of the time. It's not by nature's way animals are automatically regulated. Of course, there are some very lusty animals also like monkeys and pigeons. They always are having sex. But apart from that... Most of the animals, they are very regulated. Even the tigers and lions, they are only having sexual desire in certain times. The human beings, we got so much active senses. We want, we can eat anytime. We saw in Orient, some people, they are eating five times, six times, seven times a day. They are always eating. You see, you see, in the West, people are very much uh, focused on... Uh, Sex life, this is the main uh, preoccupation that's uh, very visible. So different uh, agitations are there for the senses. And they are pulling the senses all the time. So what is human life meant for? That we had to, since uh, we are not regulated by nature, we had to regulate ourselves by intelligence. So by natural intelligence, we bring ourselves, bring the senses under control in, through yoga. Through bhakti yoga, we can engage the senses in proper spiritualized activities and regulate them. And this way, we can become peaceful. Otherwise, you see that why animals look more peaceful sometimes than uh, modern man. But human being is meant to be the supreme peaceful entity, much more than animals. So that is only possible when a human being controls themselves according to uh, spiritual systems given by Krishna. But uh, we, already, we become, in material life, we become very attached, so we don't want to, we think, oh, I can't let go of anything, if I let go of anything, then maybe I'll suffer. There's a story how once there was a man, he was very tired. He was very hungry. He hadn't eaten for a long time. And he came by the side of the Ganges, there was one temple. And he just leaned against the column of the temple and he was very hungry. And one rich man, he came and he was doing puja in the temple and he saw, I want, I want to give some charity for feeding some, uh, in the name of the deity, I want to feed some hungry person. And he saw that here's this man, he said, here, I want to give you this uh, food. So you just, uh, please accept this. So the man said, okay, you give me the food. So he's leaning on the column. And he puts his hand around the two sides of the column and said, you give me the food. The man said, you come out from the column and take it. He said, no, no, I'm too tired. You just put it here. I can't let go. So the man put a big uh, bunch of uh, puff rice in his hand, koi. The fused rice. And the man is there. And he's holding the column with the fused rice. So then he's looking. He wants to eat the fused rice. But he tries to reach it. He can't reach. He wants to let go. But if he lets go. Then all the puff rice will fall down. So he's in a real fix. He can't let go. He can't eat. This is a situation in material life, we don't want to be afraid of, if I let go of something, then I'm going to lose out. At the same time, we're also not able to enjoy, we're not uh, fully satisfied, we're not fully uh, getting that uh, happiness that we're hankering for. Same time, we don't, whatever we have, we don't want to let go. So neither we can enjoy, neither we can let go. So in this way, we are in a real fix. So that's why all the Shastras tell us we should cut through this maya and regulate ourselves, engage in devotional service. Everything is possible by the Lord's mercy. Actually, the Jamarachi also gave instruction to those queens that look, if somebody loses something on the street... Sometimes he may go back and even after a few hours he find this thing is still lying there. But if the Lord desires, he can get back even a lost thing, you lose it on the street. But if the Lord protection is not there, even you may have a big fortress with treasure house, bank, still people are somehow figuring how to rob the banks. How to steal from the house, the secret place. It may not be safe. So without the Lord's mercy, one cannot, uh, be secure. We just think I'll make a very good arrangement and that will protect me. It won't, uh, that's no protection. Death is going to come in due course of time. Dangers may be there. We need, the only way we can cross over these dangers is by the mercy of the Lord. The Srimad Bhagavatam explains if we take the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord this will cross us over all the dangers of life. Samasita je padapallava plavang mahat padang punyayaso morare bhavangabuddhi vatsa padanga padanga padang padanga padang yad vipadamanate sam. The is feet of Krishna. Worshipping the lotus feet of Krishna in His human form of life, they are like the boat to take us over the ocean of birth and death. And this bhavam buddhi, the ocean, we can easily cross over. It becomes that someone may say, well, if I cross over, what about my wife? What about my husband? What about my children? What about everyone else? They'll be left on the other side. So the rishis are saying, no, what's vatsapadam. It becomes, the ocean becomes reduced in size. Problem is there, but it becomes so small, you can just step over it. So the boat remains on this side, no problem. Others can also cross over. Padang padang, to the supreme destination. In Vaikuntha, there's no death, no old age, no suffering. There one can serve the Lord in the five rasas without any... uh, Obstacles, But if someone doesn't want to take shelter of the Lord, they think, let me depend on my own physical abilities, my own intelligence, my own mind, my own society, my friends, my family, everyone will protect. Just like in the night, the children are very afraid. They want someone to be there, a little night light. Alone they feel frightened sometimes. You see. So like that. But then if someone is there, they feel, now I am safe. But even if we are there, say if the, some disease is there, what can we do? We go to the doctor, we go here, we go there, we try to cure the children of some disease. Sometimes we cannot. No one can give the cure. Ultimately, even the doctors say that they all are limited in their abilities. Ultimately, at the final point, they say it's up to the Lord. Those who are religious. So, we try our best in life, but we should never forget the actual relationship with the Lord. And that is the main thing. Not that we don't uh, do anything until the Lord will take care. That's also not proper. Just as I said, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Actually, in Vedic culture, what that means, we should do our duty, but depend on the Lord for the result. param. We should do our own duty as given by Guru, by Krishna, by Shastra. But actually, we do that in how? In such a way that we are depending on the Lord. He is ultimately karma data. He is the one who gives us the karma fruits. We have the right to the work. Maafalesyu kadachana. The fruits are his, the work is ours. But we want the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> no work, all fruit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have it backwards, you see. Actually we should we have to do our duty. Everyone in the world has to work. But we offer the fruit to the Lord and this way there's no karma. We are freed from the reactions. The Lord me offering the fruit to the Lord means. That we enjoy according to the scriptural injunction. We have to eat, so we offer the food to Krishna. You see, people, it's natural they, they have, they feel uh, the need to have family, to be married, so they should do so in a proper Vedic way. Have regulated family life. Have created a Krishna conscious atmosphere in the family. Worship Krishna in the house, do sacrifice, do samskaras and yajñams. Associate with devotees, read Gita and Bhagavad. The best yajña in Kali Yuga is Nama, Sankirtanam. We cannot do all these difficult yajñas now. But this Nama yajña is especially recommended in Kali Yuga. Haryanama, 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 Kevalam, Kalova, Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva. So this is a recommended process. Whether young, old, man or woman, everyone, they can easily perform this process. This meditation performed by Karama Muni was very difficult meditation. Who can do such meditation today? But we can also get the blessing of the Lord now by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by performing Sankirtanam Yajna. So in every yuga the lord comes down in order to give the yuga dharma so the lord came in this age of kali to give us the yuga dharma to give us this process of chanting the holy names and this is recommended in all the vedas even uh, the mayavadis they also accept i was just reading one book by uh, one centennial celebration souvenir by shivaranda there's a very, the Divine Life Society founder. He's a, of course, they are basically yogis and uh, mayavadis. They are the nirvishesh bodies. They are worshipping the impersonal Brahman. And we are worshipping Vishnu. But even there I found that there was a quote by him and he mentions that uh, in this age, day and age nobody has the, Patients to do their hatha yoga or the ability, nor can they do all the the processes of uh, sankhya or raja yoga. list all the various kinds of yoga. People cannot do it. In this age, the sankirtanam is the best process of self-realization. This is the best process which everyone can do. See, when he, you know, gave full endorsement. But unfortunately, you see, to do the Sankirtan Yajna, this very verse here, that uh, Kapilam prapadye, I surrender to Kapila. I surrender. Actually, to do Sankirtanam, you're giving your mind, you're giving your heart, you're giving your words, you're giving everything. That surrendered mood comes. To do the Sankirtanam fully, that feeling of surrender will come. And see, many people, they don't want to, they have their hankara, they don't want to surrender. So for them to do hatha yoga or do some other superficial thing is more pleasing. Because they are not surrendering. They are maintaining the ego. Separately from the Lord. But to do the sankirtanam properly is not physically difficult, mentally. The only difficulty is our ego. Whether we are willing to take the Lord's shelter. Otherwise, there's no difficulty at all. Only difficulty is our own false ego. But will I surrender to Krishna and follow this process? Or do I want to artificially keep myself independent? So even these Bhadis, uh, they all know that this process of Sankirtanam is the best process. And they're also recommending. They say, why they don't practice it fully? They do something, but not very... Really. Completely. (coughs) Because unless you actually get the process of Sankirtanam from the devotees, even though you know it's the best process, you won't get that taste. Why the devotees of Krishna conscious movement are feeling so much enlivenment to chant Hare Krishna... All over the world they are chanting, whether Russia or China, (coughs) whether America, South America, Europe or Africa, Australia, Asia. Everywhere they are chanting and getting a lot of bliss. Because we are getting this mantra from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, from Śrīla Prabhupāda, from the disciplic succession. If we get the mantra in the proper disciplic succession, then actually that mantra will take full effect. Padma Purana says, if you don't receive the mantra in the bona fide disciplic succession, the mantra is nisvalataha. It doesn't produce the fruit that we want. So if you get the mantra from the proper source, then naturally that will give the effect. That's why it's having effect in the Krishna conscious movement. And although so many other groups are there, they all know that this process is very good. But they are not able to fully stick to only this process. Why they are taking difficult process? Because they have to receive it from the proper succession, from the guru properly and practice it according to the proper devotional attitudes and processes. So you are already fortunate because you come in contact with the Krishna conscious movement which is a bona fide uh, member of the, the disciplic succession coming from Lord Krishna, through Lord Brahma, through Acharya and through uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Saraswat and Bhaktivedanta uh, successions. So in this way you are able to get uh, the very easily the nectar of this uh, chanting. So we hope that you can use uh, your human life in the most effective way. Here you are solving your economic uh, necessities, working in the Gulf Simultaneously you can solve your spiritual requirements by chanting Hare Krishna, which is not at all uh, difficult to do. It's very really, uh, easy to do in your home or gather together here in uh, the home of friends. And this way you can chant Hare Krishna and we hope that... Uh, through this way we know that uh, you'll be happy if you chant. So chant and be happy. Hare Krishna. Hare, Hare Krishna.